Welcome to the Omnibus Show, a program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. And now your host, Dave Gibbs. Well, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Omnibus Show, the program for people who are interested in everything, with a wide variety of subjects. This week's guest is Jim Riley. Jim is the executive director of Actors Theatre of Indiana, and he'll be telling us this week about um, his broad, rich experience in business and about uh, the life of an executive director in theatre. Welcome, Jim. It's great to have you here. Good to be here. It's very, very good. Now, um, you've had um, quite a broad experience from accounting to real estate Mm -hmm. to city market and um, for the Riley Group before ATI. I've done it all. You have done it all. So can you tell us a bit about your um, business milestones and how that led you to ATI? I went to a small school in uh, Western Maryland called Mount St. Mary's, Mm -hmm. and I was an accounting major. Uh, so when I graduated, I had this accounting degree and I went to work for a large public accounting firm, Pete Marwick and Mitchell. It's called something else now. I've lost track of all the changes in those accounting firms. Sure. I realized early on that I didn't like accounting. I was, I was doing auditing work and I was doing tax work and there's, there's gotta be something else that I can use my accounting degree for. Luckily, one of the partners at the, uh, accounting firm. Uh, was one of his clients was the Rouse Company in mm-hmm. uh, Columbia, Maryland. At that time, Rouse was one of the largest shopping center developers in the country. And they were looking for a, a financial guy where I could use my accounting skills but not do accounting all day long. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like a pretty good job to me. So I, I, I went out and I interviewed and I, I got the job. And I was there for about nine years in the accounting, but I got a good taste of the uh, commercial real estate, the shopping center business, and I really liked it. Uh, unbeknownst to me, a gentleman had left the Rouse Company a, a year or so before I got there mm-hmm. and went to work for this company in Indianapolis called the Melvin Simon and Associates. And he said they were they were looking for a, a director of financial services. He said that I think, you would be the great guy for this. So I, I came out. I interviewed, um, and, and I and I got the job. I remember standing on the corner when we came out, standing on the corner of 18th and Meridian, the day that I had my interview, mm-hmm. and there was no traffic. Yet they were paying a guy to fly in a helicopter around giving traffic reports. I thought that that was the neatest thing I've ever seen. So to make a long story short, my wife and I moved out here in 1977. And I came to work for the Simon organization, and I was there about 10 years. Yeah. So you've been in the, the top-tier premier league of, of commercial real estate. Yeah. yeah. At that time, there was probably there were probably four or five major companies that did the shopping center development. There was the DeBartlow Company out of Youngstown, Ohio, that did Castleton Square Mall, and they did mm-hmm. Lafayette Square Mall and Washington Square Mall. Uh, the mm-hmm. Rouse Company. Uh, the Simon organization and a company in California. So yeah, I, I, I learned under the best. Yeah, that is, that's the top. And, um, and they're still thriving, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh, shopping center business is a tough, tough business. Uh, now that Melvin and Herb, well, 
Herb is still, still alive. Melvin passed. And his son, David uh, Simon, now runs the Simon organization, uh, Simon Property Group. Mm-hmm. And David worked for me for two summers when he was at IU. He interned for me. Great. And uh, he was a brilliant guy then. And he's a even more brilliant guy now. So yeah, the company is no longer they they no longer build shopping centers. The 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 trend now is to repurpose all these old shopping malls that are all over I the see. country. And uh, Simon's been very very good about repurposing centers to make them fit more into the community. And uh, but I think you're going to see more centers like um, the Clay Terrace, Clay, Clay Terrace up here in Carmel, the outdoor centers. Yeah, I think the days of the uh, the old uh, shopping malls are I hate to say dead, but they're they're on a rapid decline. Sure, but the outdoor centers uh, appear to be doing uh, fairly well. Yeah, when I lived in Evanston during my grad school years, I had um, I used to go to Old Orchard, mm-hmm. which I believe is Simon. That's not a Simon. Oh. Is it not a Simon? I, I thought that was is. a Simon property. I don't think it was. And I'm mistaken. But they were one of the early adopters of that outdoor, mm-hmm. um, kind of almost like you're in a village yeah. type of um, um, methodology. Well, we could go on all day about I could. I love learning about real estate and all of that commercial and, and uh, personal. That whole era of building these large shopping malls was kind of a fascinating era. Mm-hmm. It really was. To see who could build the biggest and the best shopping center, and the Simon and Rouse both did some marvelous properties. I know Rouse uh, repurposed the old uh, Faneuil Hall project in oh in Boston in Boston yeah, and the Inner Harbor project in Baltimore, which is still uh, thriving today. So they were very innovative, very very smart developers, mm-hmm. both Simon and and Rouse. So. Uh, it, it was really a joy to work for both of those organizations. Well, you've you certainly put in a, a great history with those folks that you've told us, and um, that must have given you a very broad education for operations. It really did. Even though I was an accountant by edu- education, I never really thought of myself as an accountant. I kind of used that knowledge as a a stepping stone or a leapfrog. That mm-hmm. I, I know I had good uh, people skills. I was a good manager. And uh, I just found ways to to take both of those areas of expertise and, and merge them. And uh, it, it, it really worked out well for me. Sure. Well, <clears throat> as I've said, when, when, there, when I speak with college students, I was liberal arts, but um, if I could go back, which I, I didn't back then, but I would – go over to business school and take uh, accounting and statistics Mm -hmm. just for life knowledge and just for general business experience. So accounting, I, I highly value that. I think that's a very um, highly valued um, skill to have. I have nine grandchildren in college and I've encouraged all of them. I don't, I don't care if you don't major in accounting, but take some accounting courses. Take some economic courses, take mm-hmm. some statistics courses, and just have a knowledge of that part of it. It'll help you not only in business, but in your own personal life. Sure. That's wise. Wise grandfather well. <laughs> advice. No, it really is. Now, hmm. as I've said, you've had a rich history. You would also, um, you worked downtown in the city market, mm-hmm. and um, you worked, and you had your own Riley group. Right. Um 
helping manage businesses uh, but before you started ATI? The uh, City Market Project came from a relationship that I had, mm-hmm. a networking relationship with Jerry and David Cosine. Uh, Cosine and Cosine, they're a relatively small developer here, here in town. Uh, they went to high school uh, with Mayor Stephen Goldsmith mm-hmm. at that time, and he he wanted to get some private management into the city market. The uh, the city managed it, and he felt that wasn't the right road to go for uh, for the city to manage a, a property like the uh, city market. So they called uh, David and Jerry, who called me and asked me if I would consider joining them to run the city market, which was a not for profit mm-hmm. and. Uh, I always love the market. It's a fascinating facility. Yeah, it is. It really is. It, it really is. And I went there, and I was there for about 10 years. Uh, and it was just a neat, neat job. I truly had fun. It was the old ethnic marketplace, the Italian groceries, the Italian produce, and the Jewish delis. And it was just a fun job. Yeah, having it all together, it's just a great market. I, I really enjoyed that. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, and um so I stayed there for about uh, 10 years, and then uh, trying to try to work where I went next. <laughs> I'm off track. Well, yeah, you well you had your... Um, at the Riley Group. You had the Riley Group. I started the Riley Group, uh, the theory being, uh, Dave, but um, a lot of not-for-profits have a very good purpose for starting out. But sometimes they lack the business resources or the business knowledge to really make it, make it run like a, a business. Yes. And I thought that the city market gave me that kind of experience. And uh, so I helped s- some small organizations. And it was a, a very enjoyable time in my life. I enjoyed that. I really did. And then I got a call one day uh, from a, a friend uh, who was doing some work for a theater company in town. And they had just been invited by the mayor of Carmel to come up to the Center for the Performing Arts. And uh, but they had no business experience. They, they didn't know what to, what to do. What I consider helping helping them out. So I uh, I said let's you know, let's talk about it. And so I, I I met with the owners and we we agreed that I could probably help them. But I said let's just give it a three month consulting contract and we'll see what happens here. So I gave them three months and twelve years later I'm still there. <laughs> Fab. Well, it's like and they can't they can't live without you. Right? Well, Again, it was a fun job. My wife and I always loved the theater. We loved going to shows. Uh, we frequented the IRT and the uh, Indianapolis Symphony. And actually, we went to this first show we had ever seen of Actors Theater, which is the company I, I'm with now. And mm-hmm. We uh, went and saw Chicago. And we, oh, okay. and, and we left there so happy, so impressed that my wife wrote, wrote them a letter thanking them for you know, for being in Carmel and for putting on all these shows. Well, they thought the letter came from me, and they contacted me and asked me if I considered joining them. So that's how that all came came oh, about. Great. So, so that was like, thank you for writing. We yeah. need you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. So I. Well, that's better than getting pressed into the navy. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, again. It's been a good. It's been a good ride. I've, I've had a lot of fun. Uh, I just can't stress enough the, the value of relationships and that. And networking. You really got to do that. And uh, I was good at it. I think I had the right personality for it. And it's something I've never regretted. And it's paid off for me very handsomely. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's fabulous. I mean, it, you've your 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 history is so rich, Jim. And um, having you know been in theater from starting out as accountant, that that's that's an incredible. It's kind of hard to see a connection there, isn't it? Accounting to the theater. But the thing is, your story makes sense. I mean, it, it's a it's a it just has this this um, story kind of um, you know. Um, I think basically, Dave, I, I I realize that when you have a business degree, it doesn't really matter what kind of company needs your help. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to know anything about theater. ATI, or Actors Theater of Indiana, was first and foremost a business. Yeah. That someone with a business background can actually help. I didn't go in there to act. I can't sing. I can't dance. I can't do anything. Right. But I could help. But you can business. I can business. Yeah, <laughs> really. And I can help them. And for twelve years, I've I've, I've done that, and it's mm -hmm. been, it's been fun. Mm -hmm. That's that's fabulous. Well, the thing is, what I always say to artists, young artists, is uh, to network is uh, to have a business mentor and to get a lawyer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, but for their contracts. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what a what a mm -hmm. story. What I, what I would tell people is that you, if you're in theater. Uh, you know, it, it's a proud profession, but you're not going to make a whole lot of money doing it. Right. It's a very tough, tough business. And we're all experiencing that now. All theaters in the country are going through a, a pretty tough, tough time right now mm -hmm. because of the COVID. The COVID, the COVID. COVID. And we've never really gotten over that. Mm. People really haven't come back to the to the uh, theater at all. And uh, it, it's it's been a strain. And quite a few companies in the uh, in the country have gone out of business. Uh, they they just can't can't make it. What would you say in in your business wisdom insight of um, what would be a good path forward for those um, theatrical groups that are um, going to make it through post COVID? You've you've got to go back to the to the basics. You got to go back to what people like. Um, they they like to leave a theater happy. Mm -hmm. They want to leave a theater. Either seeing a great traditional musical or, or a Neil Simon play, you know, mm -hmm. there, there are a lot of Neil Simon plays that can make people very, very happy. And a lot of theater companies, including Actors Theater, we presented shows that were more of a social justice slant, and people just don't want to come see those. They're they're kind of I don't want to say depressing, but they're they're putting you. They're, they're ramming stuff down your throat, and you don't want to go to a theater and, and have that happen to you. Mm -hmm. You want to leave there and say, well, I had a great time. I'm jumping my step, and that's that's what that's what you want. And a lot of theaters have I've gone down the path because of social pressure. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of social pressure. Mm -hmm. But it, you got to go back to the basics. And the basics are are – Comedies or feel-good stories, musicals, musicals, and then see how it goes. You know, see how long mm -hmm. you can continue doing that. There may be a time when you can do some more serious stuff, mm -hmm. but now is not that time. But be in the story, I would think. If if you're wanting to address some subject, it would be in the story mm -hmm. as opposed to just the, the dialogue type. Exactly. Of, you see what I mean? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I would think that. Um, you know, I think of the high school. We always had this cycle at my high school of um, it would be uh, I speak Malian, um, My Fair Lady, mm -hmm. and um, Fiddler on the Roof, 
Music Man. Music, music Man, yeah. of course. And, and so those are those are in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, in Camelot. But the, but the problem that most theaters have with those shows, Dave, is that they are very expensive to put on. Okay. You do this a is the costumes and all the costume, or just getting getting the rights to some of those shows is very oh, it's, it's very expensive. Yeah. But you have a large cast. Yeah. You have probably in Music Man probably sixteen or seventeen. Um. I saw a show when I was a kid in uh, Philadelphia. My parents taught me to see George M. About the George oh, M. Cohen. Yeah. All the great George M. Cohen songs. Yeah, yeah. And that always stuck with me. I loved that show. So I asked the, the crew at ATI, I said, well, how come we don't, we don't do that show? Well, it's like a 17-person show. And, wow. And it, it gets expensive and yeah. all the songs and all the, and the band and everything else. So there are certain shows that a small theater should do but can't do because of the I see. costs. Yeah, cost will kill a small theater. Yeah, that especially if it's those big, big, huge productions mm-hmm. that have, you know, the um, the big yeah. crowds of people. Plus, the small theaters don't have the um, the wherewithal uh, financially. They haven't got the big endowments. They haven't got the big uh, donor base mm-hmm. that a lot of companies have. Small theaters, it, it, it's a tough, tough business. Yeah, it really is, and, and you got to get creative. Then you have to be, you have to be creative with scale, don't mm. you? Yep. Because I know Sam, who was on here before, he he was very creative with scale, and so and it seems like the way to do that is to constantly have action. You keep mm. it going, mm-hmm. and and that's how um, the audience keeps focused on right. the story. We have to realize too. For example, ATI has a very uh, it, it's an it's an older audience. Okay. Uh, so you got to attempt to do shows that an older audience would enjoy watching. You know, we can bring in some of the newer stuff into the theater, but odds are your older patrons are not going to like it. And so you, I see. You may feel like you're getting into a rut by doing all the old shows, but yeah, that's where your your patron base is. The patron base is, and so that yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's some good business knowledge. Well, thank you, Jim. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Well, we're going to take a brief break right now. We'll be back with Chapter 2 with Jim Riley on The Omnibus Show. Hello, and welcome back to Chapter 2 with Jim Riley, Executive Director at ATI, the Actors Theater of Indiana. Well, Jim, <clears throat> you've given us some some good um, life history of your your business experience. You've, from what you've you've told us, you you really have enjoyed your journey. And can you tell our our listeners about um, what are some good business practices and business knowledge? I think I've been extremely fortunate. And- I've worked for companies that I've really liked. They're very, they're very good companies. Uh, the Rouse Company, a very well-known company. Simon uh, was an absolute hoot to work for. I loved it. And the city market, being downtown, is, I've been very fortunate to work with companies or with companies that I have truly enjoyed. That's great, and that always helps. I, I never felt like. You know, why am I here? I, I hate the job. I never said that a day in my life. I've always had fun. That's great. Uh, and, but I also had my my networking 
I, I kept up over the years, and I can't really stress that enough, how important networking is. No matter what age you are, your networking skills will always come in handy. Because, you know, I'm in my 70s now, and I'm still working, and I'm still I'm still doing that. I'm still networking with people I know. That's great. Never um, retire, I always say. Well, right. even though I am going to retire soon. Oh, you, yeah? I'm not saying I'm not going to work somewhere. Sure. There, there's always something I'll, I'll do. I can't. Retire, retire. Oh, you've got too much energy for that. That's not in my. That's not in, in my blood. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would encourage people to try to get into a business or the company that you're having fun. You have fun. Mm -hmm. You can mix business and pleasure and have fun. And this is one of those. You just have to do it. But the but the networking piece is an extremely important piece. Uh, I, I think I had a good. Per, I have a good personality for it. And it kind of came easy for me. It may not come easy for everybody. You, you've got to be outgoing. Mm -hmm. You've got to not be afraid to call people and just say, "Yeah, you don't know me, but I, but we have a common friend, or we have we have a mutual friend." That opened so many doors. Wait. Yeah. Well, your networking experiences was um, definitely helpful in mm -hmm. your story, and, and I'm very happy that you had such an outcome because it led you to great places. Yeah. Um. For those who are um, students who their career is Mount Everest before them or people who are mid-career, uh, you know, these days uh, people are going to be working with, with different companies. Like mm. you, you've, you've actually cut a course already because you've done that. You haven't stayed with one company. No. But in the old days, some people would stay with a company mm. most of their adult life. Um, so they're going to have to change course a number of times. What um, advice would you have for them? It depends on the skill set. Yeah, you've got to have the skill set that is transferable between uh, different organizations. Mm -hmm. In my case, it was it was business, and uh, you know, to go from Rouse to Simon to the city market, the financial piece of the puzzle was extremely important. And again, I had no clue what it took to get involved in a theater company. Mm -hmm. They they needed help from a business standpoint, and I was there for them. But it turned out. The skills that they needed, I possessed. I, I could help them with all the avenues of business, and um, so, so it's it's been a good marriage. I, if not, I wouldn't be there for twelve years. Sure, uh, but it really worked. And neither out. would they. And neither would they. That's exactly right. Because it's it's been tough, but being at the Center for the Performing Arts has has been a blessing. Uh, it's a marvelous facility, and the exposure for the organization has been phenomenal. So it's 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 been good, but just keep up the networking. It's extremely important. I mm -hmm. keep saying that, but I can't I can't stress it enough. It's extremely important. Well, thank you. Um, and then from there, if somebody wants to be an executive director or mm -hmm. a presiding person in or the operations person in charge of a um, theater group, mm -hmm. what what um, points would you have for them? Well. There are so many different types of jobs within the theater organization. Yeah. You get involved in the in the actual production part of it. You know, we we use electricians. We need people to build sets. You know, anybody with a construction background that can handle uh, building things. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had no idea that this mm -hmm. even existed until I got involved with, with Actors Theater. Uh, all the types of skill sets that you know are needed, not only from a business standpoint. And again, if you want to be an executive director, you, you need some business background. Sure. But if that's not your, 
uh, calling, getting involved with the theater itself in either production, uh, again, building sets, electricity. Uh, it's just amazing. So I'm, there's no one area that you can focus on. If you have those, those type of skills, if you're a creative person, there's something that you can do in the theater. And if they wanted to be an executive director, what would you say to them? I would go back to the to the business side of it. Um, that's helped carry me through. Again, I don't get involved personally in the artistic side of it. I don't sure. pretend I can't even hammer a nail. <laughs> but but you know, but we have people that do that, and they build the sets. I'm good at the money. I keep keeping track of the cost, keeping track of paying the people. But uh, I just brought a business skill there. But if you want to get involved in theater, there are so many other other jobs that are that are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't be don't be shy. Don't be bashful. Uh, and again, find a theater company or and talk to somebody like myself. You know, we are always willing to talk to people about a career in a theater company. We really are. So, so don't be bashful. Yeah, that that's an important thing I think for anybody who wants to learn um, any kind of career yeah. is is to go ask questions. Well, Jim, what can you tell us? What's coming up with ATI? Well, we're finally getting back on track. We took a hiatus because of the of the, of the virus. Sure. Uh, so uh, we're getting back on track now, and we're having got some fundraiser activity planned uh, or fundraising activity planned, and we're. We get back on the theater stage uh, in January and February. Uh, the first show will be Brute 66, which was a show we did several years ago. Very popular show, great music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if that will be a show that we've done before. It's called Forbidden Broadway. It's kind of a spoof on all the Broadway shows. Oh, okay. Uh, it's kind of a comedy, great, great music. And then we're doing another show. It's uh, ATI's Greatest Hits. And we did one last year, and this is number two this year. So uh, any questions, just go to the website, atistage.org, or Actors Theater of Indiana, Mm -hmm. and check it out. But it's fun to be getting back, because we took some time off, obviously. Uh, And that was was tough. But what we did, we repurposed ourselves. We started doing things that weren't in our wheelhouse to keep Mm -hmm. active, to keep ourselves in the community. Sure. Let people know that we're still alive. We're still here. And uh, so that was, uh, you know, we had to re- redirect some of our talents to other areas. But it paid off. And we, and we uh, our our supporters are still there. We're still getting some grants. So it's been, uh, it's been an exciting time. But we're anxious to get back on stage. We, we really are. Back to the whole. Back program. to the meeting of what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, great. Well, Jim, thank you for being with us. You're today. quite welcome. It's been it's, my pleasure. It's great having and, and best wishes on the new season. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for being with us. Today's guest was Jim Riley, the executive director of the Actors Theater of Indiana. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Hotel Carmichael. We're shooting today from Feinstein's. We look forward to being with you on our next episode of The Omnibus Show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Omnibus Show. If you enjoyed this program, please like, share and subscribe to continue the conversation. For The Omnibus Show newsletter, please sign up at theomnibusshow.com.